Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. Would you please welcome Pastor Terry and Pastor Rhonda as they come take a couple minutes to just give us a taste of missions right here in our own backyard. Pastor Terry and Pastor Rhonda, pastor of the Victory House here in Uniontown, but also lead Genesis House, which is a ministry that we have the privilege of uh, partnering with as well. Uh, I'll put these on your seat down there, and uh, you can probably get them, so I'll make sure you get them and uh, all the rest. But we love these guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Okay, so Good evening. And God bless you. Uh, We've been here all day and just really enjoying you. And thank you so much for coming out this evening. And um, we're just glad to be here at Victory House Ministry is our church downtown. But we're here for missions. And we are part of the local missions market that's here in downtown Uniontown and surrounding area. That's what Genesis House is, the local mission. And whenever I found out that you guys were doing your missions and... I don't know who it was here, but I thank God for touching their heart to give us the opportunity to be a part of the missions that you support. And we got a call from my, I got a call from my brother whom we are in uh, fellowship already, Pastor Jason, and said that you guys had chosen uh, Genesis House to the local missions market for the work that we're doing. I like to think that we've been doing something that's making some type of impact for you guys to even want to be a part of who we are and what we're doing for that, I'll start by just saying thank you. Give yourself a hand clap for that. Amen. So I'm not really going to do a a whole lot of the uh, uh, speaking tonight. Pastor Rhonda is going to share briefly, is that okay if she does that tonight, about the mission, and I just want to sit and, you know, take notes on what she knows about what we do. I mean, quite honestly, I don't know. Do you know what I do? (laughs) What we do, amen. So there's two young men that are a part of Genesis House. Genesis House is a drug and alcohol treatment facility that's here uh, in Uniontown off of um, Fayette Street, 395 East Main. And the mission has changed for us there. The face of it's changed. And since the six years that we opened up, uh, we are now more than just that. It's a life recovery mission now where we're just, uh, we started out with just treatment for drugs and alcohol, but now it's it's family intervention and it's uh, um, life skills and uh, a job, uh, vocation training and vocation placement and uh, people get a chance to go back to higher education from there now and it's just God opened the door for us to be able to do more and be more and uh, you guys help us to be able to do that and so we're real excited about that. I got two young men with me that have gone through the process. We want to give them a brief moment to be able to come and share a little bit about their experience. So you'll know just a little bit about what Genesis House does on the inside of those doors. Uh, how many of you know where the building is if you're local? Genesis House coming up Fayette Street, going towards Hopwood. I see a few hands. You drive past her and you would never know what goes on on the inside of those, those doors there. From 6.30 in the morning, they're up out of the bed. They're not sitting around, laying around eating Cheerios you know, watching the morning show or anything. You come there, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge because we have a lot of folks that want to come there and don't get the chance, the opportunity to come there because maybe their charges were too grievous and they couldn't, the courts would not allow them to come there. 
And so the folks who get to come there, they, they come in the door, and we, well, first thing we tell them is welcome to, welcome to your Genesis. That's your new beginning. Amen. And maybe that word might be good for somebody here tonight. Welcome to your Genesis. Or you might know somebody that needs the Genesis. Amen. If you do, we're there for them. One of the things we don't do, we need to do more of it when we can. Uh, when someone comes and the admissions process calls them and they call in and we do some intake stuff and, and we, they, we get to the one part, which is difficult for most people when they don't have it, the funding side of it. And they say, well, we don't have any dollars. And, but they meet all the other criteria. Um, we pray. We're a praying ministry. Amen. And um, I go back and pray with the team, and, and sometimes they say, Pastor, they, you know, you got to stop, you know, you, 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 you know, you're, what are you doing? And I said, no, I'm doing what God called us to do. And so God will make a way. How many know God will make a way? Yeah. Amen. And, and yeah, come on, give God a hand clap. Come on, give God a hand clap. He'll make a way, and quite frankly, sometimes when there seems to be no way, he has made a way. And he's making a way, right? And so uh, it happens. They come in, don't have any dollars, and we don't let that stop. If they have a desire to simply do one thing, desire to change. You've got to want to do something greater than what you're currently doing. And when we sense that, we pray, and then the doors are open, and they, they get welcome to their genesis. And so um, I'm going to step out the way. Stuart's going to come. Nathan's going to come. And then Pastor Ronda's going to... Uh, share just briefly about who we are and uh, thank you for the opportunity for us to be here. We love you. We've got Pastor Rhonda and I have got roots and she may talk a little bit about that, um, what we've got going on and from the years that we, here, she was saved here, I was transformed here, our kids grew up here in this church and so you're part of who we are today. God bless you. Stuart Bishop. Good evening, and um, my name is Stuart, and about I'm about a week shy of my 30, I said 31st, excuse me, my 41st birthday, and um, I actually grew up in the south in Atlanta, about 35 minutes south of Atlanta, and a great, wonderful family that anybody would want to be a part of, and in fact, my mom and dad would be married for 50 years, about a year and a half from now. And, um, and I know I'm here because of their prayers, what Christ did for me on the cross and the praying church back at home. And um, really, I should be dead. And, um, but God is sovereign. He's long-suffering. And, you know, I know he has a purpose for me. And, um, but um, I grew up in the church. And, but one thing that did not click was a personal relationship with Christ that could help me deal with life, walk with me, you know, and deal with life problems life issues that, you know, that comes with life in general. And so um, instead of turning to Christ the way I was brought up, when I was 18 years old, I completely shut the door on Christ. And I had enough because so many people in the church let me down. And, um, and, and through that, I also had a, an identity crisis, and um, it led me to sexual sin for a long, long time. And so after high school, I got a, had, got a career into the airline industry. And then after the airline industry, I started working for the government in Atlanta. And, um, and through that, identity crisis also became addicted to crystal meth. And, um, and, you know, until about seven, eight years ago, nobody 
at church and in the community that we lived knew about the problems that I had until it all came, until I lost everything and I lost the career, I lost the home, everything. And, um, but my mom and dad and family, church family still stood beside me. And so I entered Teen Challenge, and that's when God really got a hold of my life, and I started understanding that God had a reason for my life. And Teen Challenge actually um, saw the higher calling in my life, so they sent me to ministry school in New York. And, you know, I still did not fully surrender to Christ. And um, so I had to step down my last semester in ministry school due to a bad call on my part. And then, um, so I went back to work, and then I started working my way back in ministry again. And this past year, I was able to do two internships, with one with AG and another um, ministry school here in town called Pendell School of Ministry. It's actually in Monroeville. And, um, and, and during that, those internships, I found out about the Genesis House. So I came to the Genesis House this past summer as a staff member. And I was almost done with my internship with Pendell School of Ministry, and I relapsed again. And, you know, one thing that God has taught me the past four to five months is that I have to be accountable for every action. I have to have men and women of God holding me accountable for absolutely everything I do. I cannot let my guard down. And, you know, and, and I've also let fear dominated me majority of my life. And, you know, and I have not really fully walked in victory or you know or in fully surrendered to God and what I'm learning to do now is to walk in walk in victory with God and walk in with the equipment and the tools that he has and you know and I know when I do that all the fears and everything that I struggle with diminish and um and I know that I'm a new creation in Christ and like it says in the Bible the old has passed away to behold all things are new and you know in in January um I'm going to embark on a new journey. I'm going to be a 41-year-old college student. And um, I'm, I've been accepted into Laura Business Institute, and I'm going to embark on a two-year journey of associate's degree in administrative office technology. And I'm hoping while working at the Genesis House, and I really don't know how any of this is going to play out, but God does. And I have a ministry team in the church, and the church back at home is really going to be pushing me through the next two years to complete this degree and you know and I'm hoping um, at the end of this to bring Jesus into the corporate world when I step back into the government so thank you for letting me share Stuart Bishop how many know somebody in recovery or that may be in, in the grip of still digging dealing with on and off with addiction you know anybody like that raise your hand amen uh, amen. Can you, Nathan, where is that? Did you bring some stuff up? Where'd you take it all downstairs? Okay. We want to just raise your hand up again. We want to give you something. Maybe you just want to, there's some bracelets. You can just share something with somebody. The bracelet just says a recovery strong. I want to say that to you, and you can just give a simple message with them and say it was from us and just, because I want you to know this. Um, Nathan and Stuart and myself have all been through addiction, and I want you to know this, that people do recover. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. You can recover. Amen. I want you to be able to see that. We have some other things downstairs, and if you get a chance to go down, I don't know if we're going back down or not, or, but there are some things downstairs, and if you need a brochure um, to give to somebody, we have some things downstairs, and so we're glad to 
really thankful to be here. If you don't get anything else from me to be the last time you'll see me, I want you tonight, I want you to know this. You can recover. Amen. Amen. Nathan Fox, and then the next voice you will hear after that will be that of um, Pastor Rhonda. Hello. Like Pastor said, I am Nathan Fox, and I come from a town about an hour and a half north of here in Armstrong County called Leechburg, a really small town. I had 44 kids in my graduating class. Um, growing up, I was also really involved in the church. I was actually a part of the Assemblies of God in my hometown, and uh once I turned the age of probably like six or eight, somewhere like that, I wanted to pursue sports, um, football, baseball, basketball, that type of stuff. And I excelled at those things. I excelled in the structured environment, you know, the coaches getting in my face, yelling at me, telling me to, you know, push harder and be better, otherwise I'm going to be a lineman. I didn't want to be a lineman. I wanted the ball, you know. I wanted the rock. So um, I strive to be better in each step of the way in that process. But my senior year in high school, I was hurt uh, severely. I had my hands crushed between two helmets. I got a titanium plate, six screws, reconstructed knuckles. And because I favored my hands and used my shoulders mostly, I dislocated my right shoulder, tore my anterior labral tendon, and I have three anchors in my right shoulder. So I was uh, very heavily recruited all over the country. Um, when that happened, that door was shut. That dream was crushed, and it crushed me. And it crushed my spirit, and it crushed everything that I thought that I, that I wanted. So when that happened, I chose drugs and alcohol over that. It was my escape. Um, I wanted to run away. I wanted to, you know, numb the pain and stuff that I was going through. And through that, I found, you know, relief, and I found um, a way to, you know, just hide from those things. So I spent the next off and on 15 years in active addiction, I, um, through that time, I acquired a bunch of skills. If there is such thing as a functioning addict, I was that. I did everything I could to try to maintain my, um, my work and, you know, as I was doing, but while using and drinking and all that stuff still at the same time. It was a, it was, <laughs> I was just falling dramatically, very quickly falling down, falling down until I hit rock bottom, until I entered incarceration multiple times. Um, it was a rough path. I... I turned my back on, on Christ after that. Um, he, never, he never kept his hand off of me. There's multiple situations going through that which, you know, I shouldn't be here right now. Um, but by his grace and his mercy, I am here. And I give him all the glory and honor for that. Um, it was an incredible experience going through that, a learning process. This past time, um, I have a year and a half clean now, which is a big accomplishment for me. Thank you. <clears throat> um, it was a rough, it was a rough process. Like I said, um, my parents were very discouraged. You know, I was the firstborn. I have two younger brothers, and um, I was like the golden child. You know, I was the firstborn on either side of the um, family. So, first grandchild, I had a lot of high expectations for my life. And you know, throughout my entire life, I thought that you know I let everybody down, and you know that that weighed on me too, and turned me more to drugs and alcohol. That uh, this last time that I spent in jail, I was had to get a drug and alcohol evaluation, and I have never been to rehab or anything like that before. So I had I was forced with a very crucial decision to make: Do I accept my treatment, or do I um, 
refuse it and max my sentence out. So I thought long and hard about this decision, and I'm thinking to myself, so if I max my sentence out and I get out of jail, I have no clothes, I have no friends or family who are supporting me at the moment, because tough love is still love, you know, but they, they kept their distance from me, just kind of like, you know, a long handshake far away, but, you know, I mean, they were there for me, it was just in a, not the way that I wanted them to be there, but, you know, I know they still loved and cared about me, so no money, no, absolutely nothing, so if I choose this other route, this decision I had to make, if I choose this other route, you know, what's the, what's the worst that can happen, what do I, what do I have to lose if I make this decision, so, you know, I asked God, and I started praying about it, and he says, he said the same, what are you going to lose, you know what I mean, what's, what's the worst that could happen, I said, okay, God, so I decided to go to rehab, I went to rehab, did 45 days in Allegheny County, it was a very enlightening experience. They were, you know, they helped me. They pushed me. They gave me that little nudge that I needed. And so I finished the treatment program, and I had to go to a halfway house. The halfway houses around my area in Armstrong, Westmoreland, Allegheny County are not very conducive to recovery. It is like a living in a trap house, more or less. Very tough situation. And like Pastor said, I had that desire to want to change my life. And that's the first step. You've got to have a desire to change. You have to want to change for, not only for yourself, but, you know, for the others who are standing behind you waiting for you for, to advance. So I, I had this desire in my heart, and I tried to play it off the, uh, the whole sports and everything because I had desire to lead. I was always a captain of the teams and stuff. So I, I got this fire started burning back in my heart, and it started, the flames started flickering again, and it was, it was really it was an awesome stepping stone for me. So... I expanded my search a little bit more to try to find a better recovery place for myself, and I found Genesis House. Genesis House, um, like I said, I had no money. I had absolutely nothing. I called them and said, talked with them with my counselor. They were like, you know, he asked the questions. What does he, does he have a desire to change? Does he want to change? Is he willing to come here? Yes, yes, yes. I said, okay, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, I mean, we'll work with him. And they did just that. So I walk into the Genesis house, and I meet with a pastor. I talk with him on a one-on-one interview. He says, listen, I want you to forget everything you've ever learned. Just take your cup out and just empty it out right here, right now. I said, yes, sir, I will do that. So I emptied my cup out, forgot everything that I learned, and started from scratch. I picked up a Bible, kept it in my right hand, and a dictionary in my left with a notepad, and I just went to work. I started chopping wood, and I started carrying water. Um, I say that a lot to a lot of the guys at the house. It's time to do some work. It's time to put some time. It's time to put some effort into it if you want to change. And that's probably why I'm so big because I chopped a lot of wood and carried a lot of water. <laughs> so, but it, it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's absolutely worth it. Um, God changed me. He's changed my heart. He's changed my mind. I've really, I've dedicated my life to Jesus, and it's been, I haven't turned back since. I don't forget the past. I just don't embrace it. Like, I don't. You know what I mean? I don't embrace that because that's not who I am today. That's who I was, but that's not who I am today, and that's not who I'm going to be. I know the purpose and the plan that God has for me, as it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know that he has plans for me to prosper. I know that he has plans for a better future for me. I know that, and it's not to be stuck in this, in this recidivism, this revolving door of addiction. And that's for anybody. That's for anybody. If, if I can do it, if I can be at the rock bottom sleeping in dumpsters and being a crazy alcoholic and drug addict, ripping and running through the streets, if I can come out of that and I can go around and start spreading the gospel, you can do it too. Anybody can do it. It's inside of you. You just got to unlock that potential that you have inside of you. Just, 
Surrender yourself to Jesus. Surrender yourself to God and really submit everything you are to him and he will change you. If he sees the desire inside of you, he will, he will, he will provide. And it's been an incredible experience. I've been through this process. I've been uh, released off of my probation in two different counties. I had a business prior to getting incarcerated and stuff, and it was actually a very successful business, but it wasn't, I never gave God any glory or honor or praise for any of that. You know, it was all because of my hard work. It was me. It was my dexterity. It was, you know, what I was doing, and God quickly cut that down for me and to show me that it's not because of you. It's because of me. It's because of God. It's because I give this to you, and if I, you know, advance you and stuff, it's not because of you. It's because of me. So, you know, I realize that now, and, you know, I'm very thankful for that, for him putting me through all those situations and placing me where he has me today. I've started ministry school. I've accepted the calling in, in the ministry. And uh, so, you know, that's my goal is right now as I'm walking as pastor's armor bearer right now. The armor bearers of today are tomorrow's leaders. And I, I you know, I, I fully embrace this calling. So, you know, I told pastor, I want a double portion of what you have. He says, if you want that, do what I do. So I'm following in his footsteps. And it's been an incredible experience. I've regained relationship with my family. The business, for-profit business that we've started for a GH, it's called GH Services. We have a for-profit uh, construction business. We do everything from floors to roofs. And this first year that we started this business has been absolutely, incre absolutely incredible. It's been everything that I've ever dreamed of plus. So just what point of the story is if I can do it, you can do it. If I can surrender, you can surrender. If there's a will and... Um, a desire in your heart, then follow that will, follow that desire, because God will provide for you. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, um, come see me afterward. We have pamphlets, and we have t-shirts, and we have bracelets, and all kind of information that we can give you if you know anybody who's um, going through this struggle, because it is a struggle, but you can't do it alone. We're here for you. We're here to help you by any means possible. And um, so just... Uh, don't be afraid. Just come and we'll talk and we'll have a good time together. Thank you very much. Amen. So I promise that I will be tonight. I will be bold, I will be brief, and I will be gone. Amen. Um, so I want to say that um, we did begin our, um, our salvation experience here at Faith Assembly. Actually, um, I had uh, talked to Pastor Jason and um, it was in 1993 at Marshall Park, and I believe that it was John Dave Reaver that was there, and that is when I gave my life to the Lord. And I have been, I um, started coming to Faith Assembly. Um, my husband at that time was um, incarcerated, and um, there was a time when he was incarcerated where I would go and I'd bail him out, and then he'd go back to jail, and I'd go, and I'd bail him out, and then the one time he went to jail, and God said, don't, and I'm like, but I have two kids, he said, no, don't, and I didn't, and one thing led to the next, and he ended up um, serving um, a few years at uh, Camp Hill, and um, came back to SCI Green, and he was in SCI Green, and um, I got a phone call to say, um, you can come and get your husband's belongings. And I said, okay, what, uh, what does that mean? He said, well, he's being released. 
I said, oh, okay. So me and my sister-in-law drove to where they told us to come, and um, the, the guard at the gate says, you can't go no further than this. And I said, sir, I don't know, understand what you're talking about. You called me and told me to come pick up my husband. He said, no, I said his belongings. And I said, but you said he was being released. He said, yes, ma'am, he's being released to Texas. I said, I don't, you have to explain to me what you're talking about. And he said, you will not see your husband again. And my heart sank. I never told my husband this. My heart sank because um, he said, don't you know that once you go back to Texas, you're not getting out? And I thought, the devil is a liar. And they took him, and he rode on a van from Pennsylvania to Texas, and where he stayed in jail um, in the Texas system um, for what I thought was an eternity, but only turned out by the grace of God because I was persistent. And the, the people here at Faith Assembly pushed me. Amen? Um, we wrote letters, and I wrote a letter every day. And I can remember Christmas Day, um, not Christmas Day, the week before Christmas, getting a call from my father-in-law, um, God rest his soul, and he says, um, come over here, hurry up, come over here right now. We went over to the house and he said, we're going to um, get your husband. And I said, look, don't mess with me. I, I just don't have time. The kids are on my nerves today. Um, I was going back and forth. He said, no, really, we're going to go get him. He said, go back home and we'll bring him there. And I said, Pat, please don't, just don't mess with me. I'm not going to go tell my kids that their dad's coming home and he's not coming home. Well, in his hand, he had what we call the green sheet. And he said, this was mailed to me, and it's a week late because he's on a bus right now. So they drove to Pittsburgh, and they got him, and, um, you know, Terry came home. And the vision of Genesis House, I believe, birthed the day he came home. And it was a mission to not let any child go through what our children went through. Not to have to see their dad go through an addictive state. Not to have to see their dad in prison or their mom having to raise the child on their own. And I mean, that's a two-way street because there are mothers out there who are addicted as well. So Genesis House is... Um, was birthed out of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and out of everything that we had within our own person to give to Genesis House. It was a building that was dilapidated. There was no, some of the rooms didn't have walls. There was no ceilings. There was junk all over the place. There was no usable bathrooms. There was, I mean, the place was completely and utterly destroyed. Two years, we build it up to the building that it is today. And by the grace of God, we don't turn anybody away. If we were to tell a man, or even at this point, we have an 18-year-old in the house. If we were to tell them, no, because you can't afford to pay the rent, what would that say about us? 
what kind of missionary person would we be? Amen? So we help anybody who asks for it, regardless of their financial status. We don't hold anybody there. If they have a will to leave, if they come in on their own, by all means, please leave on your own. But we don't get very much of that because once they hit the doors, there's such a spirit within the house that draws you in and makes you want to sit down and stay a while. Amen? So before I, before I take my seat, I just want to decree something to you tonight. So Job, 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 I did that before too, Job, it's Job, 22, 28 says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. We have often heard and read this passage of scripture, but um, if you have ever meditated on it and meditated on the words, the definition for declare is to make known or to state clearly, especially in explicit or formal terms, to declare one's position. Decree is defined as a rule of law issued by a head state president according to certain procedures. It has the force of the law. So we are to speak the answer, amen, not the problem. This is what I spoke in our house this morning. If you want the victory, you have to claim the victory. You have to decree and um, declare and decree the victory. Amen. If you want a healing, you have to declare and decree a healing. We're so um, laid back that we expect everything to be handed to us. We don't want anything. We don't want to work for anything. So... Tonight, what I'm going to do is just read a few decrees and declarations. And I'm speaking to the missionaries, amen, and to the pastors who fall underneath or on top of the body. The body falls underneath, amen. So, Heavenly Father, we come in your, your, the name of your Son, Jesus, and we come boldly to the throne gracefully for the access made possible by the blood the shed blood of your son, Jesus. We decree and declare household salvation according to Acts 16.31. We decree that the unbeliever is sanctified by the believer, that you are pouring out your spirit upon our children and everyone connected to us, that they begin to declare their love for you and confess that they, are, that they belong to you. We decree and declare that our pastors, bishops, apostles, prophets, missionaries, are men and women of integrity who seek your face, hear and speak your word, wisdom and knowledge, skill and understanding are theirs. They fear and reverence your name. The fivefold ministry is alive in their being. They have discernment. They weep between the porch and the altar on behalf of your people. You are in their lives, ministering and warring angels assist them in every area of their life. We decree, we decree and declare that the President of the United States' heart is in your hand. 
He acknowledges you in all his ways. He hears your voice and does that which is right in the sight and does not compromise your word. You bless him, his family, and meet all of his needs. We decree and declare that his cabinet and senate of the house representatives will hold moral laws, be in unity, and do that which is right for the people that they are concerned about, the poor, the needy, the widower, the weak, and do these things to protect and meet the needs of your people. We decree and declare that those with hidden agendas will be exposed and pulled down. We decree and declare your blood covering over our offspring that they shall live and not die. They seek you. They love you. They are the best of the best in all that they do. Great is their peace, their desire, their wisdom, and seek after it, and understanding that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We bind up the spirit of murder, anger, rape, rage, violence, and destruction. We decree the spirit of love, compassion, hope, and forgiveness is loosed in their lives. We decree and declare that Zion shall awake. We call forth the spirit of intercession, praying spirit, wailing and mourning women, men of valor, men of Gideon, mentally willing to do whatever it takes to win the spiritual battle to spiritual battle. The generation that love and obey you are marching on their knees, rising up in power and authority, snatching the souls of men and women, boys and girls, out of Satan's hands. We decree and declare that our eyes are being enlightened, our understanding is increasing, and we are entering into a different level of intimacy, personal relationship with you, and positioning ourselves to be impregnated by your Holy Spirit, even as you impregnated Mary with your Holy Word, your Son, Jesus. We decree and declare that we are impregnated with your word, and your word prospers us. We decree and declare that you are our God, and we are your people, and we forever bow down before you and give you honor, praise, and glory due unto your name, for all power and glory belongs to you, and that is our expectation. Just before we go tonight, I want to uh, ask Brandon to come and just give a brief uh, word of encouragement. Send us out in prayer. We've given you a smorgasbord of, uh, of experience. Uh, Brandon and Rachel uh, is, uh, are going to be heading out to Thailand. So uh, bring us to a close here in these yeah. remaining minutes. Thank you so much, brother. Absolutely. Man, that's good eating. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> if you were here yesterday, you guys knew how to do it right. You have barbecue. What? That is awesome. You guys had a good, good eating, some Thai food. You had fondue. If y'all weren't here, you missed out. It was awesome. And so we continue our feasting today with awesome messages. Thank you so much, everyone, for sharing a powerful message. It is so encouraging to be um, us. We really have a full generation, a full spectrum of people who have gone before us. And wow, thank God for that. Thank God for people who are, are blazing the trail before us. And we get to stand on your shoulders and go the distance to really bring at home because we do believe Jesus is returning. Amen. We believe that that's what drives us. That's what sets us apart. That's what motivates us and compels us to go. And I want to share with you really quickly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. I invite you to follow along. Again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. It's going to be on the screen here in just a moment. Pick up in 17. Actually, I'm going to jump right down to verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we can be, be, 
be made right with God through Christ. That is an encouraging message. All throughout the New Testament, we read about being ambassadors for Christ's kingdom. But what does that mean for us today? I want to share really briefly with you from um, a, a, a book here, How to Worship a King, author Zach Neese teaches, like an ambassador, like we just read in 2 Corinthians, like an ambassador visiting a foreign country, you can walk through this world confident that you carry on your shoulders the glory of God. Wherever you set your foot, that place becomes the kingdom of God. At home, at an office, a hospital, a grocery store, a platform, wherever. And that, that concept amazes me because you know why? It means that wherever we step foot, wherever we take our foot, whether it's at Walmart or CVS or at home in the hospital in the church, church, especially in the church, that place is the kingdom of God. If the whole power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then that place becomes the kingdom of God. Do you guys believe that? It's in the word. We just read it, and it's passionately exciting. That's what motivates us. You might be sitting in the room today and thinking, shoot, I'm not as passionate as him. <laughs> what did he have this afternoon? Guys, this is, this is a couple days of, uh, of a taste of missions residing in me. I'm getting excited. But no matter what kind of personality type you are, you have been given a divine authority from the King of Kings to bring his kingdom to earth. And however you do that, whether it's passionately like me or maybe it's subtly in the conversation style that God has blessed you with, you have that ability to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And friends, that is why we are here. That is why God left us. God could take us up to heaven in a moment, but he chooses to use you and me to change this world. He could change this, he could save this entire world in a minute, but he's choosing to send my family to Thailand. We've graciously and happily accepted that call because God is powerful, he's on the move, and we wanna be a part of that. Why wouldn't we wanna be a part of that? Listen, it's not our job to save lost people, thank God. Whose job is that? It's Jesus's, and it's his alone, but we get to play a part in the process. And friends, I don't wanna miss that. I don't want to miss that for anything. Do you guys want to miss that? No. I'll answer for you. No, absolutely not. Let's not miss that. We get to be a part of an amazing movement that is taking place here. Church, I'm so proud of the hard kingdom work that you guys are doing. Lives are forever being changed by the sacrifices that you are making. Thank you. I mean, all of us have said it, but thank you, thank you, thank you for the sacrifices and the generosity that you're making. It is literally changing lives all over the world. I want to end with a story here um, just to give you some insight. We actually have a map, a colorful map, my friends back in the media booth. Let's give it up for our team back in the back. You guys are awesome. Three services today and each week, awesome. We have this colorful map. And you know what, friends? Green, yellow, and red. Green meaning that Man, the, the gospel is growing. There, there's places that have access to the gospel. If people want to know about Jesus, they can. The red means exactly the opposite. And Thailand actually falls in the red area. If they want to know about Jesus, they can't. They don't have the ability to because there's no churches within sometimes hundreds of miles for them to come and to hear of Jesus. I'll never forget one time being in Thailand, remote area, far away from anything else, any churches. And I'll never forget one of the kids. We got out of the van and we started doing some opportunities, sharing the gospel. We shared stories of David and Goliath, myself. It was a Goliath, <laughs> tall guy, tall giant. We shared stories of Jesus. And I'll never forget the words, David. Teacher, where are you going? We want to hear more stories about David. We want to hear more stories about Jesus. When are you coming back? 
And that question, oh, it ate at me. And I asked the missionary, I'm like, missionary, when are we coming back? You know, these, these kids are literally asking for Jesus. And the missionary turned to me and she said, Brandon, we're not coming back here anytime soon. In fact, no one is that we know of. There's so much work to be done right where we're at in Bangkok. It's actually where we're going to be going. And yeah, the work is still, there's, there's not enough workers. Their harvest is ready here, but pray that God would send workers. So Rachel and I, we were engaged at the time. We began praying, God, send workers. They're literally asking for you, Jesus. Why wouldn't you send people? And we were praying and seeking, God, God, send somebody. And that somebody quickly became us. Whenever we realized we can go, why wouldn't we go? We're here, God. We always say we want to be used by you. And I see the need. So, friends, where do you see the need? This map is green. You'll see where you live is green. But does that mean that the gospel has already reached fully in that area? Absolutely not. Obviously, there's work to be done here. And you get to play a role in that process if you choose to. And you know what? God is the master architect. He sees everything. He sees all of your flaws. He sees all of your, your, the pros and the awesome things and the things that you're passionate about. And if you simply, I see this simply, it's easier said than done, bring it to God and say, God, all of me for all of you. The best parts, yeah, and the worst parts because you're worthy of it all. And how many of you know God can take some things that seem to be the worst things and make it the best things, amen? So God can use you. Do not limit God. Friends, I want to uh, take you to our social media page, um, the social media links. If you have your smartphones, you can go to gopalgo.org. You can follow our whole story about what God is doing. We want to make sure that you guys are able to stay um, in touch with us, gopalgo.org. Um, it's a, uh, we, we're just really thankful for having us here. I want to close out in prayer here in, in just a moment. You can, you can sit here. Okay, it's okay, babe. Um, if you can all just reach out your hands right now. And this is a sign of surrendering from God. I want to just pray this over you. And just believe this in faith. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. So we're going to begin to speak this out in faith. And so even though you're not going to know what you're going to be saying out loud, I'm just asking you to speak it in faith. And all that means is, you know, I don't fully understand what this means, but I believe that God can do something with these words in a pure heart. So let's, let's say this together. Holy Spirit, I surrender my life to you. I give my all to you. Help me to be an ambassador wherever that goes. In the marketplace, maybe abroad, help me to always be thinking of how I can share the love of Jesus with others and let that change the world around me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Would you stand with me tonight? Um, the conclusion of this is not uh, in a final amen, but in a um, response to say, God, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Let this become real in my life. Let this become real inside of me. Um, that the truth of the gospel would infiltrate every part of our lives. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he died. We believe that he rose again. We believe that there is a heaven. We believe there is a hell. And we believe that hell was created for Satan and, his, his, and the demons, but heaven created for a place that we can be with him forever. God's judgment is reserved for this earth. 
And um, as that judgment is reserved for the earth, God did not intend for you and I, for any individual, to be condemned without hope. But how many know that they will not know unless someone goes to share the good news? That God has given us that privilege. And here's the beauty of it. I'm sure Sam can attest to this. I hear those that are working with, with Muslims that God will even send them dreams that he's speaking to him in dreams, and, and not only Muslims, but, but different, different people. God is desiring that no one would be lost. May we have the heart of God the same. And we don't look at our world from how much money are we making, how good are things going in our favor, how well are things on our behalf, not what can I get out of it, but what is the kingdom of God up to, and how can I be a part of what God is doing? May that be our perspective. Would you agree with that? God, give us those eyes. This, this season of thanksgiving, may that be our heart, that we, uh, that we give. Thankful people give. Thankful people live a heart of generosity. And uh, gratitude is best expressed by generosity. And let that be our lives, that we would look at our world with the hope to share the hope of Jesus Christ. Father, would you make this real? We've prayed already. I thank you for each of our missionaries. I thank you. God, for the privilege that we have to be a part of what you're doing around the world, we've gotten a taste of that tonight. God, it's so much. It's a large smorgasbord, and there's not even, uh, we've not even touched the, 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 the full extent of it. But, Father, right here in Fayette County, continue to bless Genesis House. We pray, Father, for resources. I pray, God, there be an abundance. Lord, even greater creativity that would come forth that, God, this would be a model that, that Lord, would cause even government organizations to take attention and God, to see and to learn from what your, your servants are doing. We pray blessing over them. We pray, God, for, uh, for the Brelos, Lord, as they are itinerating, preparing to return. God, to, uh, to raise up uh, those who would share the gospel, Lord, in, in, uh, throughout Europe, but in that region specifically, and even among the Muslims. Bless them, we pray. Father, we pray that you'd give every provision, everything that is needed. God, I thank you for the anointing that is in them. And God, for that anointing that is being imparted in others. We pray, Father, that, uh, the, that Lord, not only a blessing to them, but Father, I know their hearts as well. God, would you bless the students that through them in Jesus' name. There'd be even double portion, God, that would flow through the students. That, uh, that they minister to. And Father, we pray for the pals, Lord, for their family. as they, uh, Lord, as they step into this full-time, this long-term uh, commitment now to, to serve the people of Thailand, we pray a blessing over them. We pray, God, that you would protect and provide in every, every aspect of their ministry, their lives. We pray, Father, for, uh, Lord, just your spirit to quicken, uh, Lord, just, uh, just great ideas. Lord, that would be your spirit creating great things. Lord, we pray for favor. Give them favor even now. Prepare the hearts of those that they'll be doing life and community with, that there be favor, that when they arrive, God, the ministry would just be expedited, that it would take place. Lord, let there already be, uh, God, just uh, just uh, just good ground and, and uh, good uh, uh, resources that are just ready to take off, Father, that as they arrive in your perfect timing, that, Lord, it would just uh, be unleashed uh, to accomplish great things through their ministry. Father, I pray a blessing over each person here tonight that, God, as we walk through these doors, may we not go through these doors the way we came in. God, may our eyes be open to the needs around us, not overwhelmed by the needs, but grateful that we have a God that we can shine the light of your glory upon that. So, Lord, let us be your ambassadors. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
And amen. Amen. Come on, would you just show one more time your appreciation to our missionaries? Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us this weekend. And thank you, Faith Assembly, for sharing a heart to reach our world with the love of Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday as we wrap up this series called Trademark. Next Sunday, the title is this, Living Off the Leftovers. So.